Worship in the sermon series, Faith Foundations, spoken by Pastor Sunita Pontan. Many years ago, Rick Warren wrote a book entitled The Purpose Driven Life. How many of you read the book? Yeah, everybody, right? Um, now it's called, What on Earth Am I Here For? And so many people read the book, and so many people, Christian and non-Christian, they read the book because I think one of the questions that we all struggle is, what is my purpose? What on earth am I here for? And Rick Warren's book answered that question. He said, our first purpose is to worship God. We were created to worship God. And he's right. We were created for the purpose of worshiping God in all that we say and in all that we do. We're continuing in our sermon series on faith foundations, and we are going to be talking about, continuing to talk about the foundations of our Christian faith. Today we are talking about the often overlooked spiritual practice of worship. Now we often compartmentalize praise and worship to a time or day of the week or we outsource it for somebody else to do, right? The people on the worship team or the the dancers. But worship, and I'm gonna use the terms praise and worship interchangeably, is foundational to our faith. And we will be talking about that today. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me and Charlotte to Psalm chapter 103. Psalm chapter 103, we'll be reading verses one through five and then verse 22. Psalm Chapter 103, verses 1 through 5. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tenderness. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Verse 22. Praise the Lord, everything he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Charlotte. The Psalms are poetry. They are meant to be sung like songs, but they contain deep theological meaning. Now, King David is the author of this Psalm. And here, King David is calling us to praise, reminding us that our lives must include praise to God. Psalm 103 recalls God's work in the life of David, which is relatable to all of us, as well as his work throughout the history of Israel. And we kind of skipped over those verses today. This Psalm is a declaration to praise. David declares to anyone who is listening and even to himself that he will praise the Lord. And by the end of the psalm, he invites all of us to do the same. So today we're going to talk about praise and why it's so foundational to our faith. We're going to answer two questions today. Why do we, what does it mean, excuse me, what does it mean to praise God and why do we praise God? So the first question is, what, do we, what does it mean to praise God? And the second question is, why do we praise God? So first, what does it mean to praise God? Praise and worship are expressions of gratitude and exaltation, which recognizes and acknowledges God as the ultimate source and giver of all good things. Praise and worship is our way of recognizing and thanking God. It is our way of glorifying God. It is an attitude of gratitude, and it's expressed in our words and in our actions. And in the Bible, we see different words used for this concept. We see words like praise and worship and thanks and magnify and bless and glorify and sing. 
Charlotte so wonderfully read from the New Living Translation. But if you had the NIV or the NRSV, you might have read something instead of, let all that I am praise the Lord, you might have read, bless the Lord, O my soul. The word translated here as praise or as blessed, that same Hebrew word is used to describe when God blesses creation. That same word, praise or bless, is when God blesses the patriarchs, when he gives the promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So what we see is that God blesses his people, and then he says in return, I want you to bless me. Amen? Praise and worship are to be integrated into the life of faith of the believer. It is not about show, it's not about ourselves, but about genuine surrender of ourselves to God in gratitude. David says, let all that I am praise the Lord. We are to surrender to the praise that we were created to give to God. And this is why praise is not just about singing and clapping and dancing, although those are all expressions of praise. But worship is not just limited to Sunday morning from 11.30 to one, right? It's a way of life. It's not something that Catrice or, or Sonia or Tim lead us in. We participate in it. It is a way of life. We are to live lives of praise such that everything we do is an expression of gratitude and worship to God. Paul says it this way in Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, he says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul says it this way, let all that I am praise the Lord. That means with everything I am and everything I have, I praise God. So what is everything? Everything means everything, right? It means with your body your resources, your mind, your time, your talents, your heart, your voice. This is why we're always inviting you to serve. It's not just for, it's not for us at all. It's for worship to God with your talents and your gifts and your time. God has given you something. God has given you gifts and you return those things back to God when you worship him through serving. We are so grateful for all of you who came out and were with us at the open store last Sunday. Thank you so, so very much. But I hope you understand that the time you gave, the bags you lifted, the tables you set up, the trunks you decorated, the administrative support that you provided, that wasn't for me. It wasn't for Mama Moore. In the end, it wasn't even for the city of Inglewood. It wasn't for Pastor Peter. It was worship to God. And the sad thing is, is that it's so easy to say no to opportunities to serve because we think we're worshiping one another. We think that we're working for one another. But in the end, the eternal benefit is that it is worship to God. And if we thought about it more, if we had a stronger theology of worship, we would understand that it is all in service to God when we have hearts of worship. Everything we do can be worshiped to God when we look for him in it, when we celebrate his hand at work, when we seek to give him glory, when we have a heart of gratitude. Even at school, we can worship God. Have you ever thought to thank God for your teachers? Have you ever thought to pray for your teachers? 
Have you ever thought, God, can you show me how what I am using now could help me glorify you? How many of you like washing dishes? Yeah, nobody, right? I actually like it because it's kind of calm and soothing. But even in our washing dishes, we can worship God, right? Like, I thank God for the food that I was able to eat on this plate. I thank God for the people who sat around me, right, as I'm, as I'm washing all these dishes and washing all these cups. I thank God that I have running water to use to wash the dishes. Right, so in everything we do, we can worship God. Remember, praise and worship isn't about singing or about dancing. It's about having a heart of gratitude and thankfulness to God so that with everything we have and in everything we do, we are giving thanks to God, and that is worship. We don't praise God for ourselves, even though there are benefits to us. Because the truth is that praise does take the focus off of us and whatever challenges we have, and it places back onto God. Praise minimizes our problems and it maximizes God. Praise reminds us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise allows us to see God's hand at work all over the place. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Do you wanna get closer to God? Praise him. So why do we praise God? David gives us two reasons to praise God. He says to praise God for who he is and to praise God for what he has done. First, we praise God for who he is. We praise him for who he is. We praise God for his character and his nature. We praise him because he's holy and he's loving and he's faithful and he's good and he's kind. All those things. The Bible says, let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. We are to praise the name of God. That means we are to praise God for who he is. And we, we know what that's like. You go to a Nets game or a Knicks game. Before the players even come out, right, before the game has started, they tell you the Knicks are coming to play, the Nets are playing, they come out on the court, and we all start going crazy, right? If you think about your favorite artist or your favorite group, right? If BTS were gonna be here or Blackpink, how would people act, right? I went to, a, um, I got tickets to a, a free tickets to a Lizzo concert a few, like about a month ago. And as soon as the lights went down, people started acting crazy. She had not even stepped on the stage yet. But just knowing that Lizzo was coming was enough to make people shout. As Christians, anytime we hear the name of God, we ought to have that same excitement, that same joy bubble up in our hearts. And do you know that there are many names of God? The English language is so limited, but when we read the original Hebrew or Greek, we pick up all these incredible nuances of the names of God that tell us about him and his character. When we read the Bible, we often like skip over these things, and, and sometimes the English language doesn't capture all of it. But I have a, I have a list of the names of God that uh, Pastor Tony Evans compiles. It's 14 pages long because that's how many different names of God that we see in the Bible. And if you're interested in it, send me an email, I will send it to you. The name of God is worthy to be praised because it tells us about God. So for example, Elroy 
means the God who sees. When Hagar ran away from Sarah and Abraham into the wilderness, God met her in her distress. She encountered God and becomes the first person in the Bible to give God a name that describes who he is. She calls him Elroy, the God who sees me. Elohim, the word we have for God during the creation story, it means strong creator God. When God made a promise to Abram, he was called El Shaddai, the almighty God. In Isaiah 9, when the prophet foreshadows the coming of Christ, the prophet Isaiah calls him Sar Shalom, the Prince of Peace. And we know that Jesus is not just Jesus, but he's also called Emmanuel, reminding us that God is with us. There is so much more to God and so much more to his name than just the letters G-O-D. And when we read the Bible, we get a fuller picture of who God is and that allows us to praise the name of God, that we praise him for who he is. We praise God and we acknowledge him for all that he is. And guess what? It doesn't matter if you've ever experienced God in this way before in your life. It is an acknowledgement of who God is. It's about acknowledging that this God, this Elroy, this Elohim, this El Shaddai, this Star Shalom, this Emmanuel, that he's not just this far off God, but he is our God. And we are his children. We are to praise God for who he is. And second, not only do we praise God for who he is, we praise him for what he has done. We praise God for what he has done. Praise is expressed out of our experiences with God. We praise God for what he's done in our lives. We praise God for what he's done in the lives of others. We praise God for what he has done throughout history. This is why memory is so important. Look at verse two. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. May I never forget the good things he does for me. That should be all of our prayers. Remembering the goodness of God is critical to our faith journeys. It is foundational to our faith. I would go so far as to say that remembering is our forgotten spiritual discipline. Our time spent in devotion to God shouldn't just be about what you want or what you need, but it should be a reminder of who God is and what he has done for you in the past. To forget what God has done for you is the height of entitlement. It is ingratitude. It is, it is rebellion. We act as if we deserve what God gives us. We take it for granted. But did we forget that we are filthy rags before a holy God? Did we forget that we are sinful and rebellious and yet God sent his son for us anyway? Did we forget that it was our sins that nailed Jesus to the cross? Parents, if you bought a car for your child and your child never said anything, how would you feel? Kids, if you cooked your parents breakfast in bed one morning and they didn't say a word to you about it, how would you feel? And yet, so many of us get up every day and we go about our days without ever bothering to say, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. God didn't have to do it. 
We praise God for what he's done in our lives. David helps us to remember in verses three through five, he says, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. Have any of you ever sinned before? <laughs> yeah, right? You don't have to raise your hands. <laughs> I know I have. But how many of you have been forgiven? You can raise your hands. Praise the Lord. Has God ever healed you? We're in the midst of a pandemic and we saw so many people die. Maybe some of you had COVID, but God healed you. Maybe you're a cancer survivor. Maybe you've had surgery. Maybe you've had the flu. Maybe you've had a broken bone. The doctor didn't save you. The doctor didn't heal you. God healed you. Praise the Lord. The Bible says he redeems us from death. Have any of you ever felt like you couldn't make it anymore? Have any of you ever been so deep in depression that you didn't think you could get out of it? Have any of you cheated death? The car accident you survived, the drug that didn't take you out, the street you made it through safely, the home or the abuse that you survived. Have you come to understand as a Christian that as a sinner you deserve death, but God sent his son to redeem you? God has saved you. God has redeemed you from death. Praise the Lord. He fills your life with good things. Are you loved? Are you cared for? Did someone smile at you when you walked through the door? Praise the Lord. David says that God's blessings are like crowns on his head. They are filled with God's love and God's tender mercies. Given all that God has done in the life of David, David says, I can't even contain it anymore. Let all that I am praise the Lord. And here's the thing, if David could say that, we could say so much more because you see, David had the promise of Jesus, but we have Jesus. When David wrote this, he had the promise of redemption, but we have been redeemed. If we have expressed our faith in Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven from our sins and we have a relationship with Jesus. And because we have Jesus, we have the promise of heaven. We have the assurance of God's presence with us through the Holy Spirit. We have a loving heavenly father and we have the confidence that we are children of God. We have so much to praise God for. And not just us. When you read the Psalms, you will see that all of creation praises God. You know, it's that time of year when people like drive all around because they like to see the trees and the changing of the colors. Well, that is a declaration of praise from the trees to God, of his creative power. The birds chirping in the morning, announcing a new day, reminding us of the new mercies that we have each day in God is, is praise to God. The sun rising and warming us and giving us life and nourishment to the earth, that is praise to God. As, as humans, we're just the voice of all creation. But all 
of God's creation. Praises the Lord. The psalm begins with a call for each of us to praise God for ourselves, but it ends with an invitation for all of us to praise God together. All of nature, animals, dogs, humans, angels are to praise God. David says, praise the Lord everything that he has created, everything in all his kingdom. Let all that I am praise the Lord. Amen? So we are going to give you an opportunity today for each one of you to praise the Lord by declaring God's goodness in your life. So we're going to do it in two ways. First, I'm going to ask you to get into groups of four or five. I'm going to ask you to say your name and say one thing that you are thankful to God for. Now, this doesn't have to be a big thing, right? It doesn't have to be big and extravagant. And if you can't think of anything, thank God for Jesus, okay? Thank God for waking you up this morning. Thank God for getting you here safely. Okay, you get my point? All right, so you're gonna get in your grooves, you're gonna say your name, and you're gonna say one thing that you are thankful to God for. After that person does that, we are going to thank God for that person, and we are going to praise God together by clapping our hands. The second way that we are going to praise God together today, I'm gonna invite you, is by, um, if you didn't do so on your way in, you will see a table with leaves on it. I invite you to write at least one thing that you are thankful for on those leaves we are, and drop it in the basket. We are going to collect those leaves and they are going to be a part of our Thanksgiving banner that you'll see displayed here on Thanksgiving Sunday. So first, in your groups, stand. They have lost it, Wes, already. Stand. <laughs> All right. Get in groups of four or five. You don't have to be big groups. And I want you to share your name and one thing that you are thankful for. Remember, you are also saying, I thank God for this person, and we are going to praise God together for what God has done. So I'm going to give you some time. Go right ahead. So I'm going to give you another maybe 20, 30 seconds. 
Amen. Amen. Isn't it good to see how God is still at work? Isn't it exciting to hear how God is still at work, how God is doing wonderful things, not only in your own life, but in the lives of your brothers and sisters sitting next to you. So I praise God for what he's doing in all of our lives. Let us pray. God, our hearts are bursting, just like David, God. With all that we are, we praise you, God. We praise you, God, because as we have seen today, God, you see each one of us. And you have given to each one of us according to our needs, God, and we are so grateful. God, we are grateful, God, because we know that in some of the stories that were shared today, God, that you have been the almighty God, that you have moved in ways that we could not even begin to imagine. God, we're grateful today because as we look to our neighbor, to our right and our left, our brother or sister, we can see your creative power at work. God, we are so grateful, Lord, because in the midst of the chaos and the storms that might be going on in someone's life, God, that you are still able to be the Prince of Peace. And God, we're grateful that the, Jesus Christ reminds us that you are always with us. And so God, we thank you for who you are. And God, today, having listened to what is going on in the lives of our brothers and our sisters, we are thankful, God, for what you have done and what you are continuing to do. God, we thank you for redeeming us. We thank you for healing us. We thank you for saving us. And if that weren't enough, God, you have poured blessings on us and given us all good things. God, we are so grateful. May we be like David and live lives of gratitude and lives of worship and of praise in all that we say and in all that we do. It is through your son, Jesus Christ's name, that we pray with thanksgiving. Amen.